everyone. Uh, how's everyone doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock and I'm joined by my esteemed, esteemed co-host, Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor, human being extraordinaire. How are you doing today, Tara? I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> so, Tara, um, I want to ask you a question to get started today. All right. So I have three I have three questions to ask you today, Tara. All right. So the first one is we're talking about uh, this whole season about gaining perspective on our spouse and learning what's going on in their inner world. And so today we want to talk a little bit about love languages. Okay. So my first question for you is what is that how do we how do we kind of find that what what why is uh or what just tell us what it is what is the love language thing that was a horrible question i'm sorry what what is the love language test um it is a it's a quiz that you can take that helps you measure and differentiate between five different love languages uh, or areas where people can say you know these are in this order um you know I fall under this. So this is the way that I'm going to most likely and most organically give and receive love and get my love tank filled up, so to speak. And those five areas are acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts and physical touch. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So you, you take this <laughs> assessment and it tells you how you want to receive love, basically, and kind of how you typically give love. Not necessarily how you want to receive it, but how you're maybe, whether it be circumstantially or wired, how you're going to probably best receive it. Like, like what's going to make you feel the most loved and appreciated out of those two options that they give you. And so there's a little spiel at the top that tells you how to do it. And um, even if they both kind of ring true for you or neither one really hits the mark. Um, they want you to just choose the one in, in their words, captures the essence best of which one is the most appealing um, or meaningful. So if somebody wants to take this, the website is the number five lovelanguages.com. And there's some other assessments and stuff on there, but this is the love language quiz and they could take that. And so, yeah. Um, we have taken this assessment with our spouses and, oh, and one more quick question. So there's really no wrong answer. Like you oh. shouldn't feel bad about, oh, here's the way that I organically receive love. You shouldn't feel bad about it. That's just kind of how you're wired or kind of how you've been, you know, circumstances have led you to this point. So there's no wrong answer. It's not a bad thing to have a certain love language. Not at all. Okay. Nope. And you can have, I mean, I've seen people um, do this um often but you can have like a top two you know and so depending on the situation <clears throat> or you know the environment with your spouse one of those might feel more like it might land a little closer to home than the other one so i mean this is just a this is not a end-all be-all kind of thing it's just a guide to help people start again you know kind of thinking differently have some new perspective and awareness around like how they're taking stuff in from their spouse and how they're also like putting it out there. Yeah. And so it's like, when we're talking about perspective, this whole season, we're talking about just learning about the inner world 
of the person that you live with. And this is just another opportunity to hopefully, hopefully give you some information in that regard. Yeah. All right. So Tara, you and Daniel took the, took the quiz. How did you guys fare? What did you guys find as your love language? So Daniel's are in this order quality time. Well, I'm going to do our top two. Okay. Um, and I do that a lot with couples and just people in general, because I think it gives you a little more variety and also like, I don't want people to feel pigeonholed either, you know? So his were quality time and then words of affirmation. And then my top two with only a point apart. So really, again, this could be one of those instances where it's almost like, you know, maybe on a different day, had I answered the questions, they would have been right there neck and neck, but quality time and acts of service are mine. So we are on the same page as they say in the old quality time category. <laughs> so do you find that a lot of couples are on the same page or is that kind of rare for couples to be on the same? Because it seemed like it would be nice to be on the same page because that way, you know, as I'm expressing love, they're probably going to receive this well. Yeah. Um, I, I see it sometimes, but um, I mean, I guess if I had to pick, I would probably say more. It's less often that I see them having the same ones for the very first one, but maybe they have one of the same for like, you know, top two or three or so. Um, But yeah, it, I think it's okay if you don't have the same um, like order, uh, but it can help for sure because Daniel and I are very different in general personality wise and just kind of across the board. But in this area, and this is, you know, we've taken this several times, um, throughout knowing each other. Um, and they've shifted a little over time, but that one has pretty much stayed right up there. If not first, maybe second for both of us. Um, and so that's just something that we've always really like tried to be intentional with and cherish is like the time we have together, especially when you're busy and you have kids, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Alicia and I took the test. And so my top two were, um, receiving gifts, and acts of service. Like I can just, I can think back over our relationship and the times that she's given me a gift or something that's kind of meaningful to me, just even a trinket kind of thing. Those kind of things make a huge difference. Now for my wife, her top two were, uh, number two was acts of service. And by far the number one thing for her was words of affirmation. And so again, as we talk about getting perspective, it was just, I mean, like, I felt like when she shared these results with me, it was another one of those light bulb moments uh, kind of in our relationship, because she talked about how when she was a kid, it was de- very difficult. Her mom didn't give her a lot of words of affirmation. She was always kind of saying, here's the things you need to do better. And so it was this emotional moment uh, into her inner world of like, why that is so important for her to receive those words of affirmation, because that's something that she's kind of needing. So it was like this huge moment for me, like I've known that, but it's like, it really kind of just like, it clicked like, oh my gosh, I need to do a really good job of making sure she feels loved by my words of encouragement. Hey, good job. Hey, I'm proud of you, all that kind of stuff. And so that was really a a neat moment for me to hear that from her. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it is. People can take that test. So I shared a light bulb moment, but Tara, why is this so important to have an idea of maybe how they operate in the love world? Why is this so important? Well, um, I think a couple things for one, it gets, 
doing, doing things like this and especially like in therapy, but even at home for sure. Like, I think anytime you can have some kind of exercise for people to do or something experiential or hands-on, um, it can help with like sometimes lowering defenses and kind of like, it kind of like ignites some of that like curiosity and just like, I want to, you know, better understand this or, you know, again, if our defenses are lowered, we can maybe be a little more vulnerable and forthcoming. And so I think that for one, for sure can help. Um, But I think it helps just like you said with Alicia, when she said that thing about, you know, her mom and not getting that as a child or growing up that, you know, automatically that made you, if you're listening and you're paying attention, you know, like you were, then that can make you more empathetic and aware of like maybe how you've behaved in the past or how you try to show up to her or, you know, you're watching for clues and signs kind of thing on her end. And so she's giving you like she's a, giving massive, you a silver platter, you know, yeah, and massive so, clue. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, it helps you with your awareness of her and yourself and vice versa for her. And then also just, I think it makes us again, more empathetic. And so, you know, this whole, we always talk about like staying in our own lanes, but still trying to very much like pay attention to what's going on around us, being mindful um, with our marriage. And I think this is just a tool to kind of help do that and also get people even thinking more in that vicinity. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think like what you said is just so true. Cause like we've talked before about how understanding does bring empathy that you could kind of understand where they're coming. It's awareness of like, you know, cause you're learning, uh, setting this person like, Oh, okay. Cause they're, you know, they've gone on a different road than you to get to this point in life. And so how do they need to feel loved? And so it's just, you're gaining awareness of how to love someone better And I think you also mentioned, too, it does help with communication, because I think one of the keys in any relationship was someone to feel uh, valued, someone to feel heard. Um, And so I think when you feel heard that this is how I receive love, it just kind of opens some doors to, like you said, that more vulnerable communication. So I think this is a pretty valuable resource and in helping us just have a better understanding of the person that we're living with so they can feel more valued and more heard. And I think that's that's a great bedrock for any good relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of my, what I tell people a lot of times on this is like, let's say, you know, somebody comes in and uh, wife is words of affirmation and husband is physical touch. You know, if again, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you are acting out of that place to try to meet your spouse's needs or desires, or just in everyday interactions, you're speaking different languages, you know? And so if that language that you're speaking to them, like if husband's physical touch and trying to, you know, like just hold his wife's hand or give her hugs or maybe it's sexual intimacy, whatever it is, but like she's, even if she doesn't mind those things or enjoys them, but they're not in the target or in the bullseye of like her love languages, you know, she might be like, well, you know, thank you, but like gotta do this or, you know, or it just, it might feel like it misses the mark sometimes. That doesn't mean they're not grateful to it, um, but it's just not going to register the same as, I think I said for that example, wife was words of affirmation, but as much as it would 
B2 or X, whatever I said about her, like whatever hers is, if you do that thing and you're doing it intentionally and looking, you're going to see that like, man, that was like Christmas morning compared to like when I tried to, you know, give her a hug in the kitchen while she's cooking dinner or something, you know? And so I just think it helps us again, if, even if we we're in our, uh, we stay in our own giftings there or wiring, whatever you want to call that, it does help us get on the same page or at least temporarily so we can then meet our spouse where they're at. And hopefully that's going both ways. So I coached, I coached softball for a lot of years. So I'm going to give you an analogy and then you can tell me if this is wrong or not. And so like when one of the, my players would get up and they hit like a, a, a dribbler, like a blooper, and they got to first base. It was it was pretty exciting. You know, they got to first base, but there was a little bit mad. I didn't really hit the ball very well. But if somebody got up on the players and they just smacked a line drive in the gap and they got a nice single out, then that was really satisfying. So love languages would be like we can do things that it might be like a bloop single versus a nice line drive single. Would that be a decent yeah, way to put it? Very decent. Yeah, for sure. I think we're still gonna hopefully get to the same, like get to home base. Oh, you know, oh, and hey, using that analogy. It, hey, we're hey, not, we're not having that sexual conversation um, right there. So yeah, no, folks. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it yeah, back. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, we might still, you know, get those people like all home in those in that analogy, but it's not going to maybe be as you know exciting or satisfying, or maybe even as quickly. And so I just think again, it's. Just, you know, depending on the context and depending on the, you know, each couple, that's going to look very different. But this is, again, a very good tool to help you just start thinking and hopefully like looking at things a little differently. So we can, again, build that like insight and awareness. Okay. All right. So I've asked you what it is. I've asked you why it's important. I think we've established this. Now, my next question to you is how in the world do we implement this? And, And like, so let me preface that. So say we take this love language quiz and then feel like now I'm really working hard to make sure I'm hitting their love language, hitting that line drive shot uh, for them, and I don't feel it's being reciprocated. What do I do with that? If I'm working hard to kind of speak into their love language, and yet I feel like I'm the only one doing any work here to do that. They're just being like, for example, like the typical husband coming home, sitting on the couch, doing nothing, the couch potato um, and I'm the one doing all the work. What, what do I do? Do I just quit if they're not reciprocating? What do I do with all that? No, um, as frustrating as that would feel, I think, you know, if they're not willing to even have this conversation or, you know, and you don't have to take the quiz to, to know this stuff or figure it out. But I think, it, again, it's a great jumping off point. But if they're not willing to do that or answer the questions, you know, kind of thing, then I would just say, you know, paying attention to how they, behave and respond to things. And so, you know, if like for using that example, you just gave, if a husband comes home and just kind of like veges out or checks out after work, but like, there's no, you know, he's a good provider and he maybe enjoys his work and he works really hard. You know, I, I mean, I would argue to say that that is, you know, acts of service probably right there just because he's doing something that he knows is going to help his family. And so, and it may not always be like that clean cut and clear, but I'm just saying like, pay attention to how they do 
love on you or talk to you or what they do to like show appreciation and love. And so even if, because a lot of, I mean, we're, we're all doing this stuff, whether we have a, a name to call it or a label to put it under, you know, everybody reaches out to or tries to love on the people they care about in certain ways. And so even if they don't verbally um, meet you in this area, then just again, paying attention, um, try to look for like, what do they do to love on you? And then most likely that's how they're going to best receive love. So I would encourage you to then try to like love on them. So if you're paying attention to your, let's say this couch potato husband, I don't really like that term, but you know, We'll, we'll go with it, Brock. How about a, a couch yam? Could we call oh. them a couch yam instead yeah. or couch sweet potato? <laughs> Ew, gross. No, we'll just stick to the old couch potato. Okay, all right, all right. But if you're if you're watching that and, you know, you see, you know, he's, he, you know, again, doesn't mind working, works really hard. Maybe on the weekends he works around the house when he's not, like, actually at his job, you know, Again, I'm going to say at least start with acts of service, maybe, and then try to do something to serve him Mm -hmm. um, and see how it goes, you know. And so you can get really creative and, you know, I don't know. I just think, yeah, that's frustrating, but there's there's always clues um, to stuff like that. And so I think just, you know, just observe and then try to act on what you observe and if it's meeting the mark, very possibly, like it's going to change his interactions with you, or maybe he is more open to having these conversations. I don't know. Yeah. Just again, and, and it depends. And, and I think that's a, that's a super valid point. And I think the other thing from a, from a biblical perspective, it's like, I think we're still called to, there's this, this formula, I think almost out there. And I don't ever like formulas in Christianity, but this seems to be kind of a one that I, I kind of see in the Bible that we trust God's way. And we realize that as we trust God's way, that he's going to take care of us. There's going to be blessings that come to us. We don't do things for a blessing, but we do things right. because we know that this is kind of a God way to do things. And I think God's formula is, is like, we keep serving, we keep loving people, and he's going to bless us. And it might be. And so I think that's a little bit of a formula. We start with that. We start with our own circle or staying in our lane of like, mm-hmm. how can I serve and love my spouse? That's kind of our, our jumping off point, it seems like to me. And so we start there. And then, you know, as we're doing that, I think there is a point where we need to communicate our needs that we have. And so how, if we need to communicate with our spouse, our needs, like, hey, we are first priorities, like we're serving them, loving them, kind of discovering their language, but we feel like it's not being reciprocated. How would we have a conversation if that's just not over time, not being reciprocated, like the way that we kind of need, or because we have this legitimate need to be loved. And if it's just not happening, how can we communicate that? Yeah. Um, I think, again, this is, you know, it depends on the context and, you know, what's going on, but I think some good rules of thumb, thumbs, <laughs> good rules of thumbs, that sounds weird. We'll just say some good starting points would be um, maybe sitting down and just, you know, not in the heat of the moment of like conflict or anything like that, but just when y'all are just sitting down, hanging out, watching TV, whatever, um, you know, you, you just try to share with them kind of like your perspective and point of view. And so like, if, if it's something pertaining to like something like this, even like, I feel really loved or I feel appreciated when you do blank. And even if they're like, 
why are you telling me that? Or like, where'd that come from? Just, I just wanted you to know that. Like I, I was thinking about it and, you know, just watching how we interact with each other. And I just, I've noticed that like, you know, when you do X, Y, Z, like it, I really like it and I feel really appreciated. And it just, then it creates all this, like this positive emotional charge. And it makes me want to maybe, you know, love you harder or try better, or it prioritizes certain things and like stuff that like, maybe I was irritated with kind of like fell to the wayside. Cause I do think that can happen when we open up our minds and our hearts to focus on things that are going well and things we can be grateful for and try to have some empathy. I think it can lower our defenses or kind of take the, the ammo away and we could just be like you know what that's not that big of a deal I'm gonna try harder to whatever the thing is you know but I just think some soft startups and in that regard but just like you know letting them know that and then maybe that gets their wheels turning um if they're if they're listening but I think it has to be in a very non-blaming and gentle way um kind of going back to we've talked about this before but even like just the communication one-on-one stuff, but like, I feel blank when, so again, you're taking responsibility for what you're thinking or feeling or doing, but you're still putting it on their radar that like, you know, here's what I do. Like, here's what I don't like that kind of thing. Here's where I see a deficit. And then I think always, you know, and well, not always, I don't want to say that. Um, that's a good one right there. Avoid generalizations, yes. um, like always and never, but I think in these moments and if it is being reciprocated or um, well received, then in their, you know, they're curious or they're listening, you know, you have their attention, give some examples so they can kind of start to see what you're talking about, where you're coming from, and maybe they get more engaged with you. Yeah. Cause I think my wife has done a phenomenal job in our relationship with this of giving me clues um, you know, and, and I think I put the other piece together, like she's giving away love the way she needs to receive it. But like, whenever I, I do the dishes or something like that, she's like, oh, thank you. That means the world to me. Or like, that makes me feel so special. Or when I, you know, take the kids out or do something, she's always kind of like, oh, that, she's not like attacking or saying, hey, you need to do that more often. She's just like kind of leaving a little clue, like, hey, that means a lot to me. Thank you. And so mm-hmm. like, just kind of picking up and, and realizing that. And I think the thing maybe I picked up on from doing this love language test is like, she's giving me those words of affirmation. And so that means that, you know, kind of like she's expressing love in her way. And so I need to make sure that I'm aware that she needs to keep receiving those words of affirmation, but she leaves a lot of clues and is not doing it in an aggressive or like, Hey, you suck kind of way. Yeah, She's doing it in a way that like, Hey, that means a lot to me. And so that inspires me, you know, and one of my favorite things is when I kind of do something nice, like mop or, clean the toilet or something like that. She'll kind of look at me and just turn her head and go like, Oh, thank you. And so that little head turn is kind of a clue. If I can get the head turn, I know that I've really done something uh, to, that's meaningful to her. And so I think that's, that's Alicia's kind of, tell. That's Alicia's tell that, yeah, she's <laughs> doing that for me. Um, one of the things that I think is important is, is like we talk about these things. I think it's important for us to think about kind of some practical ways that we can, we can do this. And so I was listening to um, a video by uh, Tony Dungy the other day, or as Tara likes to call him, Tony Dungy. Um, so Tony Dungy the day, and he was talking about in leadership, how we're called to serve people. 
so he was asking everyone in, in earshot of this conversation to mark on their calendar one month from today and just put a little mark on their calendar as encouraging people that by the time we get to that date next month, that you've done something to serve another human being. So Tara and I were talking about this, that maybe it'd be cool if we could put something on our calendar and say, hey, by this time next week, I want to make sure I've done something to love my spouse and their love language and kind of, it's just a visual reminder. Um, you know, and one of the things that Daniel does, that's kind of cool. So Daniel's a little bit my hero sometimes. And uh, he has on his phone, this is this is pretty cool. Daniel has on his phone every day, a reminder comes up at a certain time of the day and says, just pray for Tara. Isn't that the coolest thing? I mean, don't you feel love, Tara? We admire for having your husband do that. So I do. And it's, it's, you know, even when I hear the alarm and cause it's every day it goes off. Um, I just, I, I automatically like my mind has now associated that with obviously, you know, what that is. And so um, I just think it's, again, it keeps it at the forefront of his mind and he's being intentional. And I just, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. Um, and I'm very appreciative of that, but I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think some people, and I, I had a conversation with somebody once around something like that, and they were kind of like, well, you know, putting it on, putting a reminder on your phone or writing it down or, um, having a calendar, doesn't that make it feel like, you know, like less authentic because like they have to remind themselves. And I'm like, I mean, I, sure you can look at it that way, but I think very much, and we've talked about this in other things in the previous episodes, but like anything that's important to us, like why not write it down or set a reminder? Um, if I have a business meeting, I'm not going to just try to remember it. I'm going to put it on my calendar and, make sure an alert goes off one day before, two days before, you know, because it's important. I can't afford to miss it kind of thing. And so I think this is very much that same idea where it's like, it's yeah. Like be practical with this stuff, you know, and be intentional. And so, you know, we've even talked before about like calendaring like date nights with couples and stuff like that. And you know, again, I had somebody tell me, well, doesn't that take like the fun out of it or like the sporadic um, feeling to it and excitement? And I'm like, hey, if you've got like little kids and you work and you're tired and you got all these responsibilities and you serve at church and you do all these things like that lessens your chances of being able to be sporadic or just have all this free time where y'all can go and do as you maybe want to. So put it on the calendar, yeah. you know, because you've talked many times about if it's important to you that you write it down and, and, you know, just life gets going some days. And it's like, you get up, something happens at work, something happens with the kids. The next thing you know, it's bedtime, the day's gone. And it's not like you didn't care. It's just like life is, no. gets going. And so if it's important, you write down, it's just a reminder. And just because you have to be reminded about something doesn't mean you care about something. It almost might be a sign that you really care about someone because yeah. you're going to be so intentional to make sure that I might need to write down on my phone every day. Like, you know, make sure I'm, you know, praying for my wife or doing something nice for my wife. That's not, that's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so to hear that Daniel does that every day is really, that doesn't like, Oh man, what a stupid guy. He can't remember to pray for his wife. It's like, what a, what a great guy that he's remembering to do that. So another, another go Daniel hashtag wonderful Daniel might be our new, new hashtag. So, all right. So Tara, we're, we're about out of time here. And so the last thing that we'd kind of mentioned is if, if someone wants to be on the advanced track, 
they might, uh, after a week's time, mark it on their calendar, say, what am I going to do to love my spouse uh, with their love language this next week? They might grade themselves at the end of the week and see how they did. And so if they get a, a good grade, then they can pat themselves on the back and, and uh, be proud of the way they serve their spouse. So, yeah. And I would even take that a step further. And especially if you and your spouse are doing this, whether you are or aren't, but I think it could make it really interesting if you are doing it kind of together, um, going to them and saying, you know, what do you, what did I do well this week? Or what are some areas where like, maybe you didn't feel so loved or I hurt you and getting their feedback and perspective. So then you can just take that hopefully and go with it and grow with it and go forward. Beautiful. So Tara, thank you again for your time. It's like, and Brock, thank you. No, but it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, we're all getting uh, great therapy every week from Tara Wiedemeyer uh, to help us be better at our marriages. So thank you for, for doing that for us. I appreciate it. So my pleasure. All right. Well, everybody have a great week and go work on those love languages. Fivelovelanguages.com. Have Bye, fun Tara. with it. All right. See you later. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.